Welcome to the Sanction Space Podcast. I'm Justine Walker, Global Head of Sanctions, Compliance and Risk at ACAMS. ACAMS is the world's largest anti-financial crime membership body. And today we have moved from where we were two weeks ago in the sunny Hollywood, Florida, which incorporated the Global Sanctions Summit, to now being at the ACAMS Europe Conference, which is in the really fantastically fun and delightful city of Dublin. And in the podcast booth here, it is again open, we're able to look out to the hall, we can see people, we can even wave to people out there, so it's really fun. And I'm joined here in the booth by Special Agent Jonathan Schnatz, Senior Analyst with IRS Criminal Investigations. Welcome to the podcast, Jonathan. Welcome to Dublin. And how are you finding Ireland? Great. Thank you for having me. I'm really enjoying Ireland so far. It's been fantastic. The ACAMS conference is, is brilliant. Getting to meet so many new colleagues, uh, especially a lot of European colleagues. And to put a cherry on top, they're Guinness with ACAMS logo right on the froth on top. So it's been that Guinness, <laughs> that Guinness has attracted so much attention. It's been really, really fun. I think it's going to be the standout moment from the, um, from the Dublin conference. But if people haven't guessed, you know, from your accent, you have travelled across the Atlantic to join us here. So you've come across the pond. You're here in Ireland with us. And, you know, for those who are familiar with IRS criminal investigations, can you just explain your organisation and how you really fit in within this whole sanctions landscape? Absolutely. So for your listeners who don't know, the IRS is the tax agency for the U.S. government. Um, handle the processing, receipt processing of tax returns. The IRS total is 80,000 employees. And IRS criminal investigation, who I'm employed by, is the law enforcement arm of the IRS. And we are only 3,000 employees. So we're a, a specialized unit within the IRS tasked with investigating and enforcing the Internal Revenue Code and other financial crimes such as money laundering and Bank Secrecy Act violations. And on the sanctions side, I mean, you, as part of your role, you chair the IRSCI Professional Enabler Group. And to me, in the world we live in, Professional Enabler Group, it sort of implies sanctions and other things. But can you just expand on this group? What do you do? What do you focus? How does it all fit in with sanctions? Absolutely. So the J5 is an alliance of tax authorities with an objective to combat global financial crime through increased collaboration by sharing intelligence, typologies, and emerging trends. Within the J5, there are two main groups, the Professional Enablers Group, which I chair, and the Cyber Group. What we do is we bring experts from the other countries, uh, all J5 countries. So it's us, the United Kingdom, the Dutch, uh, Canada, and Australia. So the tax agencies from our respective countries have groups and are experts in each of those, the professional enablers and uh, cyber. And we bring our expertise to those groups to help develop information and share intelligence. As you mentioned, I chair the professional enablers group, and that allows us to move into the sanctions realm quite easily because, as you know, professional enablers usually don't discriminate when they're assisting. Uh, They're not asking the criminals a lot of times. They don't discriminate what crimes that they're committing. So professional enablers that are helping with tax and money laundering, other financial crimes are also helping in the sanctions world. 
And the reason you're here with us in Dublin is because you joined our sanctions panel yesterday. We had a great panel and we had so many questions from the audience. But one of the big themes which came out from that conversation and indeed some of the roundtables we've pulled you into over the past day or so has been sanctions evasion. And it is pretty clear this is right at the top of the government's priorities. We've heard this from our last few podcasts in terms of what was being said at Hollywood. The same themes are coming out here in Dublin. So from the IRS-CI perspective, what are you mostly seeing in terms of evasion tactics? Because that was a big question yesterday, which had lots of ticks from everybody. Everybody wanted to know the answer is what are the key evasion tactics out there? Yeah, sure thing. So obviously with the professional enablers, that's what we're focusing on right now. Post-invasion, we stood up the task force klepto capture in the United States, which we join uh, with our other fellow law enforcement partners and the Department of Justice in the U.S. So we bring our financial expertise to the task force. And as part of that, um, we're helping and supporting the task force through conducting financial investigations. And we support that fully through our J5 group, uh, both cyber and professional enablers, and that's what we're really seeing is the use of professional enablers, both by oligarchs to continue to hide their assets and also in the export controls sanction cases where they're using shell corporations to hide the true shipment of goods that are trying to evade sanctions. And there'll be people listening who dip in and out of these podcasts and dip in and out of our community, and they'll be going professional enablers. What are professional enablers? You and I know what they are, but but just for the benefit of everybody else, can you just expand on that? Sure. So a professional enabler, as we view them, are people that are assisting criminals to really hide their crimes from government. So it can be anyone from accountants, attorneys, trust companies, uh, service providers, financial institutions that are assisting knowingly people commit crimes. Uh, We typically see professional enablers setting up offshore structures, complex offshore structures, to hide the beneficial ownership. So again, traditionally we see this in the tax and money laundering world, and also uh, now sanctions is the hot topic. So we obviously see it in the sanctions world as well. You know, in terms of what you're seeing, are there particular standout cases, things which you've seen over the past year, which you've just gone, well, that's what we would normally see, or are you seeing different, you know, is there just something which has really stood out to you over the past year? Yeah, so the IRS has been involved in sanctions cases for a long time. It obviously has not gotten as much press as it has recently. We just announced uh, publicly that we have initiated 23 investigations since the stand-up of the Klepto Capture Task Force. That's just IRS cases. Um, One that you could highlight would be one that was included in the FinCEN advisory that was issued on Friday, uh, which discussed the arrest of two individuals that were knowingly evading the sanctions by shipping avionics equipment to Russia. As it lays out in the public documents is all we can discuss, right? Um, So in the public documents, it discusses or outlines how they did it. So they were involved in shipping the components to Russia, knowing that they were sanctioned goods. And it says in the public documents they had some communications with the people in Russia and 
they were admitting that they had to be careful. As part of that, they produced false documents, false shipping documents, claiming that the goods were being shipped to Germany and not Russia. So that's a common tactic we see in the export control sanction evasion cases, where they use fake documents and transshipment through third countries. People may be sitting thinking 23 cases, that doesn't sound very much, but actually that is quite a lot for you, isn't it? Because these are complex cross-border international cases often. This is probably a lot more than you would normally do. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. You're right. 23 does maybe not sound like a lot since there are, what, thousands of sanctioned individuals and companies and crypto wallets and et cetera. But yeah, 23 is a lot for our organization. Like I said, we have 3,000 employees, so 23 new cases within a year just in the sanction space is is quite a lot and I think demonstrates our commitment to combating sanctions evasion. Yeah, and on our panel yesterday, we also had a financial intelligence unit representative from Latvia and they were just talking about the huge escalation that they've seen in sanctions cases as well, particularly having that border with Russia and Belarus. And we had somebody from that FIU on just really recently talking about the growth there. One thing you've just mentioned, which I think is really helpful to pick up with listeners, is the FinCEN advisory, which has just come out. And you know, we had another session today where everybody was asking around trade finance. How do you monitor for trade finance? What do we do? There's going to be so much discussion on these advisories, isn't there? Particularly around the interlinkage between enablers and critical components for the battlefield. I mean, that's going to be a big conversation around how do you manage that? What are the codes? How do you just intercept that? Yeah, that's true. Um, So again, I would encourage all of your listeners to download and look at the FinCEN advisory. But also, as we're seeing this week, increased collaboration and communication between public sector and private sector. So I would encourage the listeners and those in the financial industry to reach out to government regulators, FinCEN in the United States, their respective FIUs in their countries, If they have questions or if there is some confusion, there could be some confusion or some questions regarding the codes that were in the FinCEN advisory. That's not really my expertise, but... But I think this is an area we're going to be really focusing on. So for those who are thinking, oh my goodness, how enough do we deal with this advisory? Really to say to people, we're actually putting in place a package of activity around that. So follow our monthly updates, masterclasses, and just follow the resources because we know there's a lot of questions there. But Jonathan, you just touched upon one theme there around cooperation. And, you know, this has been the big theme here coming out in Dublin and indeed Hollywood is around international cooperation, both in terms of investigation and enforcement. How has this really changed in your day-to-day focus? Is the level of cooperation just as significant as everybody thinks? Is this now really what's shaping your approach to looking at sanctions cases? It is, both internally within the United States. So the cooperation between public and private. Um, We're starting public-private partnerships. The U.S. is maybe more recent to the game with the PPP. Some of our European colleagues have long-term, long-existing PPPs, but we are finding it hugely beneficial that the open communication between us and the banks and financial institutions where we really get an understanding of how they operate, 
why they're operating, why they're sending information in through the FIU, and they now understand what we look for in looking through SAR data. In addition, our cooperation with our foreign partners, again, through the J5, the amount of information that we're sharing through legal channels, it's unprecedented, the amount of information that we're sharing. And it's really effective because now with these relationships that we have built, we know exactly who to send the information to, and they trust our judgment when we're sending across information for them. They know it's something that they should look at, and it's actionable intelligence. And what, what do you think we're going to expect? I mean, from all this cooperation, what is going to be some of the output there? Yeah, I, I really think that the complexity of some of these sanction cases, and especially through the use of professional enablers, uh, these really complicated structures, uh, offshore structures, to hide beneficial ownership, again, both by the oligarchs and their proxies to hide assets and funds, but also in the export control sanctions to hide the battlefield technology is really through the export sanctions what we're focused on. We're not worrying about auto parts and tires. We're really looking for those key components that are hopefully, if we're able to stop them and slow down the export, really looking to save lives. So that prioritization around sanctions evasion is really going to be the big theme. And that's really what we're pushing on in our public-private sector dialogue is around how do we prioritize. Hence, we're looking at sanctions evasion, type of materials, toolkits, etc. But drawing this to a close, because we are sitting here with everybody having coffee. They're going to go into the hall shortly. But as we draw this to a close, you know, given everything that you've heard here in Dublin this week, and as we look towards the future... How are the conversations of the past few days really going to impact your work over the next 12 months? What is the key standout element that you're going to be leaving Dublin thinking about, other than the Guinness is great? Of what course, else is it going to be? besides the Guinness. Uh, r- really, the contacts that I've made here this week, both with European financial institutions, some FIUs that traditionally the IRS maybe would not have a relationship with. At least we've gotten to know each other. They understand a little bit what we're doing. A lot of the attendees here were not aware that maybe the IRS had a criminal law enforcement arm and that we were involved in the sanction space. So that's been very helpful to get our message out. And also to your listeners and those in attendance, if they have information or they have questions, to please reach out to law enforcement. To us, we have 11 attaches stationed throughout the world. So there's always an IRS agent somewhere in your neighborhood that you can reach out with questions or information. ACAMS is great to bring all of us together. Um, It's really helping with our PP, both domestically and globally, that we're setting up. Well, you know, we're really appreciating the partnership here and we look forward to an awful lot more as we move into the next year. But Jonathan, can I just say thank you so much? It's really great hearing about your work. It's been great having you on the session yesterday, having you involved in our closed round tables, thinking about how we become more effective. So thank you so much. Thank you. I hope listeners have found today's discussion useful. Thank you for listening and please do sign up to hear the stories behind sanctions. 